Hello and welcome to the Authentic Path Podcast. This is Phelan Sugarman Lash, your host, and this is episode one. I could not be more excited to get this out and going with the world listening, and I'm super, super stoked for you all to hear it. So without further ado, I will get into introducing the first guest. So the first guest is Danny McGee, and he is an amazing photographer and videographer, and he has traveled all around the world, and he just is such a cool person. It was really a dream to get him on the show because his mission in life is very similar to mine in starting this podcast. He wants to help people get out into the world and see the world and just follow their own spark and passions. And we talk about that in the show and and his goal is really in line with what I want. So it was a joy to have him on and um, I'm super excited for you to get to listen to him. So without further ado, here's Danny. Three, two, one, zero, zero. Okay, uh, Danny, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It is a pleasure to have you, and I'm super excited to hear a little bit more about your story and uh, what brought you to what you're doing today. Um, to start out with, do you want to just talk about what you're up to in these days of your life and you know what some of the cool opportunities and things you've done recently are? Yeah, dude, first off, thanks for having me on. Um, stoked to sit down and chat. But uh, yeah, so kind of where I'm at right now, um, I run a freelance production company. Um, I started about three years ago, freelancing full-time. And since then I've just been dedicating like all my time towards photography, videography, developing relationships with different brands and companies and just trying to travel as much as I possibly can. Um, sometimes it's a little bit too much. So, uh, in the last year or so, I've kind of slowed down the amount of places I'm going and just spent more time in them. But, um, yeah, so right now I, uh, I just, I'm based pretty much between LA and Colorado, um, and move around a lot between the two, um, as well as other places. Like right now I'm in South Carolina, just visiting a friend, but, um, yeah, I've got some big projects in the works. Um, couple, couple cool things video wise and then, uh, business wise as well. Um, and one of those, one of those big things that I'm, focusing a lot of my energy towards right now is it's basically an online school for people who want to get into freelance photography and videography. It's called creator Academy. Um, I've been doing it with my friend. It's been about like four or five months in the works and it has been so much work to put together, but, Mm. uh, it's, it's finally coming, uh, coming all around and we launched in January um, so I've just been currently like the last like, couple of weeks, just working completely on that stuff. So cool. Congrats. But, That's really exciting. Um, it's a great thing I think to do talk about on this podcast, uh, just about like how you've brought your experiences and passions, uh, from when they started in childhood, which we can get into, um, like when you knew you wanted to travel and be a photographer and then how you've kind of transitioned that into, you know, a freelancing business and now teaching others how to do it, which is a really exciting thing because that's the whole point is to give back and you know inspire others um so to get into the the inspirations for you what kind of brought you to photography videography storytelling um in the first first place and then how did you know you wanted to do that um so i i actually started pretty late in life um i growing up in colorado i was always hiking always backpacking um just getting outside as much as i could yeah i love that um, when I was in like middle school and stuff, me and my homies would take GoPros and go snowboarding, skating, whatever it was, and just like film each other messing around. 
Um, and I never, I, it never occurred to me to like, like that could be an actual career. I was just doing it cause I liked it. Right. Uh, so I did all the GoPro stuff, um, continued doing that a little bit through high school, but, um, I didn't really grab a semi-professional camera until my junior year of high school. Um, and I, I, I literally just bought it cause I like saved up a bunch of money mowing lawns yeah. and something to buy. So I was like, okay, um, I'll just, uh, I'll just buy a camera with this. And, um, in the hopes that like I can take photos of all these cool places I was going to and show my friends. Uh, so I picked it up and then instantly just really became obsessed with it. I just was like so obsessed with all watching YouTube tutorials and learning about aperture and shutter. And it's just like instantly I was hooked. Um, and right about that same time was when I was graduating from high school. Mm. And I don't really know, I don't really know why, but I just had this super intense desire to go travel places. I yeah. think it was like the yeah. Instagram effect where you just like <laughs> see so many other totally. people doing it. So you're like, I want to get out there um, and get a part of the action. So as soon as I graduated from high school, I took a trip to Germany. And then on the way back, I stopped in Iceland. Cool. And in Iceland, I initially had friends that were going to meet me, but like very last minute, all my friends bailed. So Bro. I found myself in Iceland alone, never having left the country before. Just like, yeah. I, like I literally had no money. I had my backpack, a tent, a sleeping bag, and I was just like shitting my pants. Yeah, you uh, sent it hard. It was yeah. so scary. But um yeah, it was on that trip where, um, like I had my camera on that trip and that was my first kind of international travel experience. And it was on that trip. I had a, I just had like a very vivid moment where we were on this trail and I had met some random backpackers from a couple different countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them I'm still like pretty good friends with, but, uh, we were on this hike and I remember just walking over to the edge of this like huge valley and just kind of looking down and growing up in Colorado, like I had never left the country. I never, we had done some U.S. road trips, like yeah. as a family, but like all of that was just a totally new world for me. And just like looking out and seeing this view, like the sun was going down, there were volcanoes in the distance, with glaciers wow. going down into this little river valley. And it was, it was just the most beautiful thing I've, I'd ever seen in my life. And, uh, yeah, it was like a very vivid moment where I was like, okay, like, I have no idea how I'm going to do it, but I'm somehow going to turn traveling and adventuring into a lifestyle. Nice. And I didn't know how, like I literally hadn't made any videos at that point other than the GoPro edits, but um, I just knew I wanted to do it. So as soon as I got home from that trip, I was already enrolled in college. I was had like a... a I had a college that was near my hometown. So I was going to be living at home and going to school. And since I was like 12 years old, you know, they tell you like, you got to get mm-hmm. good grades, get into a good college. And since I was that young, that's what I'd always been told. So uh, I got back, went to college and told myself, okay, after I'm done with college, then I'm going to start chasing this passion for traveling and photography. Right, right. Um, and I did a year of that. And I just, yeah, I just like, I would sit in class and it would just stress me out so much. Just like this really, really intense fear of missing out. And yeah, yeah, I did that for a year. And then after that year, I just told my parents, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I have to give this, this travel photography lifestyle a shot. Um, Mm. So 
from there, just worked like three separate jobs to save up as much money as I could, started traveling, got the ball rolling and absolutely loved it. And just since then, I've just been kind of uh, just working towards it every day. But cool. uh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how similar your story is to mine, but how I've like stayed in college and you haven't. Um, I had a really similar story when I was a sophomore in college and I was like in my hammock reading this book called the, Pursu- or the happiness of pursuit. And it's all about how humans need to go on these big quests to be fulfilled and stuff. And I was just like lying in my head. Like I started crying and I was like, why am I crying? Like what's going on? And then I realized that I just needed to travel. So I took time off from school and went to Southeast Asia alone. First time out of the country and just had those moments where, you, you know, in the middle of nowhere in some random town in Vietnam, you know, looking at the mountains, just being like, wow, you know, this is life and there's so much world out here. So it's cool. I think those like moments of awe and, and inspired like gratitude for life are just what drives, especially artists and photographers to go out into the world. Yeah. And especially in places like, uh, I mean, Iceland, I didn't have any money, um, but it's typically an expensive country, but in places mm-hmm. like Asia, like you really don't need a lot of money and like yeah. you can see these amazing places. Like you can do a really long trip for not that much money as much as like new tires on your car or something. You can yeah. take it to Asia. Right. Right. That's so true. Um, so how did you just like kind of logistical questions for those people out there who are want to do this when you transitioned from college into traveling and, you know, you worked three jobs to save up money and then went and did it. How did you start to self-sustain your lifestyle when you were on the road? You know, did you come back and then make money again and save up and then go travel again? Or were you doing photography and building relationships with brands and building like building a following on Instagram? How did that all happen for you? Yeah. So throughout like probably my, like mainly my senior year of high school and um, like when I started traveling and everything, I, uh, at that point I started reaching out to brands and companies, just like Mm -hmm. offering my services for free. Like, Hey, I'll take photos of your products for free. I don't have a big Instagram following, but I know I can create cool photos. Um, And so I started like the business wheels started turning. Um, and so I started building up a, a really small following and kind of working with some different brands. At that point, it was like friends brands and like really small ones. And like, I would send out a hundred emails and get like two back and I'd be so yeah. pumped. The cold email. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. It's a grind, but, um, just kept doing that. And then, yeah, so I, I, um, there, there wasn't, there's like no resources out there or people you could ask. No. And like for yeah. some reason, um, people were super hush hush about like how they made it work. Cause on, yeah. on Instagram, I remember reaching out to so many people like, Hey, like, like I'll carry your bags for you as an intern right. or like, right. like, how do you do this? How do you do that? Um, but it was just kind of like, kind of had to do it on my own. And then, so I dropped out of school and I'm super grateful and super lucky that my parents are, were totally fine with me staying at their place. Um, they never gave me any money to fund my travels or anything, but just having a place to come back to that I know, um, that I can always, if everything goes wrong, I know I have a place to come back to was so helpful in the beginning. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that I feel I'm super lucky to have. Um, but past that, I just lived with them. Um, I saved up every penny. Like my friends would want to go eat. And I, I was like, no, like I'm, I, I have goals that I'm saving for. Right. So 
Um, yeah, I worked like three different jobs. I was a busboy. Um, my dad works, he owns a construction company. So I was helping him off and on. And then I worked at a warehouse. Nice. So I was just saving, saving as much money as possible. And I knew like in the back of my head, I knew all the money I was making would go so much further in Asia. Right. Cause that, right. that's where I wanted to go was Asia just because it was cheap and I could go for longer. But, um, yeah, so that was for like from May until January of 2017 is when I left for Asia. Um, cool. And that pretty much that whole time was spent either working or like reaching out to brands or, or doing all that. Um, so those are the log- logistics of that. Um, but nice. yeah, like in Asia, I think I had like five grand when I set out, um, yeah. which isn't a lot. No. But and then like you got there and started meeting other people like you and, and just kind of building friends and making friends. And then like, it just took off or what was like the story and how, you know, your travels went from self-motivated to a bigger journey. Yeah. So, um, yes, I kind of left that part out. So, so the reason that I wanted to go to Asia was one, because it was cheap Two because I just knew there was a lot of creatives there, photographers, right. videographers, people, that were doing the things that I wanted to do. And you have to surround yourself with the people that you want to be most like, like, you know, the totally. saying is like, you're the average of the five of your closest friends. And my, none of my friends back home were interested in photography and video or travel for that matter. Um, so I knew I had to take myself out of that situation and put myself in somewhere that was foreign, that was scary, that was totally different from what I'd been surrounded by my whole life. So Asia was kind of the perfect answer for that. So. Um, yeah, I started in Thailand. I don't know where you started when you were on your trip. Vietnam and then Laos and Bali. Okay, sick. Um, but yeah, I just started there. Um, and in the beginning I would just go to like hashtag Bangkok or something. Right. And I would look on Instagram and just see who's all in that area. Okay. This person's person's here, this person's here. And then I would send them messages be like, yo, saw you're in Bangkok. Um, I'm a photographer, videographer. And I'm wondering if you want to meet up, shoot, do whatever. Um, and so I was able to make a lot of really cool connections. And um, on top of that, I started doing daily vlogs. Hmm. And they're like the hardest thing ever. I have so much respect for people who do daily vlogs consistently. Because yeah. I did, I think I did between 30 and 40. Um, it was first, it was daily. And then it was like every other day. Then yeah. it was like weekly. But, um, yeah, like every single day I'd make a video for the first, I think it was the first like two weeks. And the only reason I wanted to do that was just to get better at video editing. Right. Um, because like I knew no one was going to watch it. Like I get five views and like all five are from my mom, but <laughs> which, is super, <laughs> which is super, super sad when you look at it. Cause you just spent an entire day filming. And then when all your friends are out drinking, you're back at the hostel editing. Yeah, and um, then you post it, and no one sees it. But in the back of my head, I was like, "It's like all of this eventually is going to pay off because my personal skills are getting better." Mm. Um, and so, yeah, did that for like three, three, four months. I, th- I think it was just over four months. Um, did Thailand, Myanmar, and Indonesia. Cool. Yeah, it seems like. Uh, you especially and other people I've talked to on the show so far have this drive and uh, purpose driven lifestyle that is really more powerful and gives you the 
motivation to stay home and, and edit your videos instead of going out to bars with friends and stuff like that. So do you know where that comes from and, and why you and some other people have it and why maybe, you know, people who, or, or is it just fear that blocks people from, from doing that? And I just love to hear your thoughts about like what stops some people from having that motivation and what gives some other people that. Yes, that's a super tricky question. It's something that I actually think about a lot um, because uh, like you said, like, like most of my friends have that same, that same spark and energy to say no to some things to do work that you don't necessarily want to do, but you know, it's going to pay off. Um, And I think for me, I think a huge factor in that is the people you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm, So it's like, if you're, if you're with a friend who has that same energy and spark, or if you're with a group of friends who have that, all of you can just stay in and edit while everyone else is out drinking, out hanging out, just to surround yourself with the right people is so huge because, um, like when I'm back home in Colorado and I want to hang out with all of my friends, like they have a totally different schedule than me. Um, and so it's really hard and especially was really hard back when I was in college. Cause like you're in college, like everyone just wants to go out. Everyone wants yeah. to drink. You're like, you have to say no to a million people to just sit down, stare at your computer and get your work done. Right. And I think, I think just the people you surround yourself has a huge, huge impact on that. And luckily um, I had a good tactic, which was just reaching out to people on Instagram. Um, yeah. It was super easy and you can still do that a ton. Right. Find people in your local area hit them up, just say, Hey, um, I want to do this. I want to do that. I really love your work. I'd love to shoot. I'd love to like, it doesn't have to just be videography or photography. Yeah. Just, just give people around yourself that are, that are the the same mentality. Cool. It's crazy how simple it is, uh, just to like reach out on Instagram to people that seem cool. Right. Or send a cold email. But, um, yeah, I have some, some friends that I've made over the last year and, and they're, creating businesses and and environments that they want in life. And one of my friends just gave a Ted talk on the power of cold emails because she's emailed like hundreds and thousands and thousands of people and just doing that and getting your name out there and connecting with people who you actually want to connect with is so powerful. Um, yeah. What is it like these days for you having that like network of, of really amazing friends around you to just like reach out and be excited to go travel with. And, you know, in your video, you talk about how it's the people you try to do it with rather than the places you go. And I like, what is that like to have such powerful and cool people around you all the time? Um, it's so awesome. And I just feel super grateful to have so many awesome people in my life. Um, and it totally is about the people. Like I'd say 90% of the places that I've been the past few years have been because, like I wanted to go there with a friend or a friend yeah. lived there and I was visiting them. And even if a place isn't that cool, if you're with someone that you really like and appreciate, it makes it so much better. Um, and slowly when you meet enough people, you start to, to identify just the people that you jive with and you vibe with. And it's really, it's really cool to have that community around you. I've like, I know I have like, at least four or five friends where if I texted them tomorrow, I'd be like, Hey, do you want to go to Greenland or something? They'd be yeah. like, yeah, let's do it. And That's like, it, the thing is it took a really long time to find those people. Right. And at the beginning, sometimes it feels like, okay, like this, this isn't getting anywhere. I'm not meeting yeah. people, but like, then you find, you meet one person one day 
And then you kind of pull that thread out. And there's so many other awesome people in their community that then become your community. And it's really cool. And I, I love when my friend groups are able to, to meet. So I have a lot of different friend yeah. groups from different parts of the world. Cool. And when they finally get together, it's just like the coolest feeling in the world. So I love like kind of just paying it forward and introducing people. Uh, yeah. I mean, the more you give, the more you get, right? And life's all about just like helping others really. And that's kind of the point. Um, I remember in listening to you talk just now, I remember my first experience staying in a hostel in Vietnam. I was in uh, Vung Tao, which is off the coast of, or it's like near Ho Chi Minh in the east. Um, and I was there by myself and I was so lonely, like at the beginning of traveling, especially solo backpacking in somewhere you've never been, it's just such a lonely experience, both like physically because you don't know anyone, but also I've found that for people like you and people, I guess like me and other people who have these big dreams and visions for life, like just having them and being surrounded by the people who don't have them can be such like a lonely experience. So, you know, finding those people who make you light up and, and bring you uh, encouragement to your life is really important, like you're saying. Um, but what do you think about, like, what should the people out there who have that like lonely feeling and know that they can be doing something more? What, like, what direct actions do you think they should take in terms of like changing their lives? And how do people get over that fear? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a super tough one. Um, because like we've all been there, um, and just knowing that there's a ton more people out there in your exact same situation. Like there is an, like an insane amount of people who are sitting there right now thinking the exact same things as you. The the only trick is like, you have to find each other. And the cool thing about social media today is you can basically access anyone in the world at any moment. Um, Put a post out on social media, just like there's a bunch of cool Facebook communities for travelers and like, like anything that you want to do, there's communities out there. Um, And it's, it's not an easy answer. Like I've been there and you kind of feel like so lonely that you're never going to get out of it but you will. And there's people out there going through the exact same thing as you. And they're thinking, Oh, I need a, I would love to meet this person. I would love to meet this person. It's just about making that connection. Um, and yeah, dude, like I remember in Iceland, the first two days, um, I, my, uh, as soon as I landed in Iceland on that first trip, my phone broke. So it didn't even like, it it didn't work at all. Like I I couldn't contact anyone. I couldn't even call my parents or my sister or my brother or anyone. And I just like, I felt so isolated. And I just like, I remember thinking just like, this is never going to end. Like, this is horrible. This is not good. Like, I don't know what to do. And then I was staying and for those first two days, I was staying in Reykjavik, which is the capital of Iceland. And I was just kind of, in this bubble of being sad and feeling bad for myself. But I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go out and just see this country, like whether I'm feeling lonely or not. So I went out and instantly I started hitchhiking. I eventually made it to this cool waterfall called Skogafoss. Hmm. And um, like right when I got there, I walked into where all the um, people who were camping there was and there was like five homies, one from one from Germany, one from Russia, and then a couple from France. And uh, I was just like, hey, what's up? And the rest of the trip was amazing. Like yeah. all it takes is just like, yeah. hey, what's going on? Like That's it's so hard true. to get out of your bubble. But once you do, um, 
it's the whole the whole trip changes. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Later on in my trip in Asia and and throughout other travels, like just meeting those other people who are on the same path and and then even just letting them guide your trip, right? Like I would not have gone to Laos had I not met some people who were going and then I just like jumped on and it was great and I loved Laos. So it's like those little things and those people you meet are really important. Um, I want to shift the conversation a little bit towards like overall motivations in life and um, especially for artists. I think, you know, going back to that first hike when you were on top of that mountain and the sunset and volcanoes and everything, like the beauty and awe that we feel as artists is a driver. And then also I think I was just talking to a friend about how so many people who do art and create in life also have these like real low lows. And I think that like the lowest lows are sometimes the biggest sources of motivation and, and drive for artists and create creation. Um, have you had that experience or like, do you know, you know, other communities of, of artists, like, is that true for you? Uh, and then also just to incorporate, you know, traveling, I think on social media, this is a long question, sorry, but on social media, like I think from the outside, it looks like everyone's happy and doing these amazing things all the time. But I feel like from in the actual reality of, of life, you know, that's not really sustainable. So to bring in like the, are the lows a driver for art and also, you know, how does traveling and social media and Instagram like misrepresent what it's actually like to be traveling all the time? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Social media is, uh, it's pretty dangerous. Um, I try to not get caught up in it like everyone, but it's hard. And you're constantly seeing the highlights of everyone life, everyone's lives. And as much as people tell you that, you still don't believe it or understand it. Or you still look at that photo of someone on a beach somewhere and being like, okay, they're totally happy. They're completely content, like not a care in the world. That's what I want to be. But from personal experience, a lot of the people that look like they're happiest on social media are actually like really depressed yeah, in real life. Right. and it's kind of just a sad reality because I think using social media just kind of it's it's just like it's so false and it's hard not to do that though because it's not like like for my page for my business it doesn't make sense to post a 12 hour long video of me staring at a computer screen editing something right like right. you you can't share those down moments and those low moments. Um, yeah. I mean, no one wants to watch them. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's important to just talk about them right. um, and just show how everything isn't perfect all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and it seems like a lot of people are starting to do that, which is really good. Um, and there's a lot more awareness about like how social media is fake nowadays. It seems like just in the past year or so, right. it seems like, like it's shifted, but um, yeah, it's tricky. And I, I do think that kind of the lows in your life definitely have um, contribute to those highs. It's like, it's kind of like for every low, there's this high of a high, but mm -hmm. if you're always stable, it's kind of like that. Right. So it's like, they're always proportionate. Um, yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think that uh, young, like young people today, we have forgotten that like social media is so new um, in the world in general. And like, it's so, uh, yeah, it's just so new. And so like dealing with the social awareness and the mental health stigmas that come with that is like a really new problem for us. But because we're young, it's always been a part of our lives and our adult lives. So it's like, how do we incorporate those 
changing norms of social health and, and mental health into our lives and deal with that and comparison and all of those things, especially when you can see these people who are like you, you know, traveling in the world and people might want to do that, but feel like it's impossible. And it's really tricky. Yeah. The, it's, it's super funny. Um, so a couple of weeks ago I was on a job, I was down in Central America, I was in Guatemala and, um, it was, it was really funny because back in LA, my friend was hanging out with a couple of my other friends and they all went cliff jumping. And yeah. I remember being in Guatemala and I was like, damn, like, I, I really wish I could go to that. And then when I got home, I told my friend that and he was like, dude, it's so stupid. Like when I was seeing your photos, like I was like, I kind of want to be there. And yeah. it's just, it's just a thing you can't escape, but uh, it's, it's so dumb, but you just can't, can't shake it. I think that's like a big part of life is just trying to be grateful and like present in the moment and not feeling the need to like want to be somewhere else. But you know, there's the grass is always greener and that's been an expression for as long as it I, it has. Right. So yeah, it's hard to shake off in terms of like the travels you've done uh, to lighten the mood. What are some of your favorite places you've been and, and done and what like cool experiences have you had just to like share some of your cool stories? Um, yeah. So it's it's really hard to pick a favorite country or favorite place yeah um i think as far as being just the most unique um and the most raw place i've ever been this past september uh, me and a couple friends went to mongolia cool and it was just like the way we had it set up was i'm not sure if you've seen but in western parts of mongolia there's these people who train golden eagles uh these huge birds and they train them to hunt for them so they're on horseback riding around with this huge golden eagle. Wow. Uh, and I remember seeing photos a couple of years ago and I was like, I, I don't know how I'm going to make this happen, but someday I'm going to figure out a way to get there. And um, in January of 2019, I was like, okay, this is the year. I don't care if I have friends coming with me or, or whatever, like I'm going to make this happen. So it took me a while. Like it's just really hard to find out how to get there. There's, it's just like a really remote part of the world. And eventually I found a tour operator that, that works there and got connected with the right guy. And he was able to set us up with a, it was like, it was like 10 days. Um, and we were actually living with the Eagle hunters. So wow. we were staying in the yurts with them, sleeping on the floor, living with them, like doing daily tasks with them. And it was just the coolest experience ever. Um, it was like, it was just so cool to see that still exists. Like they wake up in the morning, they tend to the animals. They like basically everything they eat comes from the animals. Like it was the first time in my entire life that I'd seen a goat just hanging out in the fields, go all the way to being served in this big pot with literally the head right there in the middle. Like it's just so raw and so real and so authentic. And it's really hard to find places like that nowadays. It's kind of like there's so many places with a million hashtags and it's just like all over TripAdvisor and a bunch of people have been there. But with Mongolia, it was a total wild card. Like everything we were experiencing was just totally fresh and new. Um, yeah. And it was so cool to just be in that family setting. Um, not many places I've been in the world have I actually got to live with a family, a local family. And it was great, like hanging out with the kids, just like going hunting with the guys. It was just like, it was such a unique experience. Um, and 
Yeah. So we actually, we haven't really announced this publicly yet, but uh, me and one of the guys I was doing that trip with, we actually filmed a pilot for a series that we want to do. Um, It's called far and wide, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's essentially like a 25 minute travel show uh, that we're planning on getting getting published so nice yeah it's uh definitely be looking out for that in the next few months but uh yeah we kind of filmed our whole experience and yeah it was just it was just really really freaking cool cool what a good story um i was in northern ghana this past summer working and there were so many goats Mm -hmm. and it was just like such a new experience so it made me think of that and i think like these rural areas that i visited in the world the people are some of the most like warm and gracious and real people like that authenticness that you get when there's no connection you know they don't have phones they don't have anything they're just out in in nature like living their lives and from us as americans or as other people in developed countries like sometimes we think that these people have worse lives and that they have to deal with more like physical ailments or having less food which is true and we should try and help them but i also think there's like a real spirit of life that we miss here a lot that people in more rural areas just like have innately. Do you think that's true? Yeah, 100%. Um, it's almost like they, they feel almost more wealthy than a lot of people back at home because yeah. they, they have their family, they have their community, you know, like everyone supports everyone. And from our point of view, I think, like you said, a lot of people see them and they're like, they're, they're in poverty. They don't have a lot of possessions. They don't have a lot of material things, so they must not be wealthy. But on the contrary, they don't value having a new sports car. They value having a relationship with their grandpa or their grandma. Right. Just non-materialistic things. And it's really cool to see, like, you just don't need a lot in life to be happy. And going to places like that just reinforces it. Cool. That's Have awesome. You... you went to Ghana. Yeah, it was it was really unique. Have you been to like northern or western Africa? No, I haven't been anywhere in Africa yet. Mm, it's cool. I have only been to Ghana, so I can only speak to Ghana. But uh, it was really a very cool experience, part of a fellowship that I did. And yeah, Africa is super cool. It, especially Ghana, I think the people were some of like the kindest, most warm people I've ever met anywhere in the world. Um, which was shocking to me. I don't know why. I just like, it's, it's yeah, really warm. So I highly recommend it. It's a cool place. Um, there are, you can like touch crocodiles and stuff, make a good video. Yeah. Um, okay. Just to like wrap up in terms of like where you're going, you talked about this, this show you're working on and the, um, the school and all of your projects and travels. Like what are you most excited about in life right now? That's a really hard question. There's so many so things much. that I'm really excited about. Um, but yeah, that's a big one. Far and wide is something that we really want to develop. And um, we're not quite sure whether we want to go the network route or just getting sponsors individually for it. But showcasing these places that no one would really think to travel to is just so appealing. Um, yeah. Like on the list, we have Greenland, we have Papua New Guinea. Uh, Madagascar, places like that, that just, there's not a lot of info about. Mm. Um, and cool. there's, there's so many lessons to be learned from places like that. Um, and for me, like, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of really cool, um, yeah, there's just like, there's a lot of lessons to be learned. And, um, me and my friend Jonah, um, we just like, we, he does the same type of stuff, like brand work, like let's say filming a promotional video for a client or something, but, and that's fun. And it's been really cool. Cause a lot of the clients that I kind of, when I first started was like, I, it would be a dream to work for them. Um, mm. I've like gone on to work for them and it's amazing and it's awesome, but using videography to just sell things is one thing, but using videography and storytelling to just share a message with the world is, is really important as well. So definitely going to still be doing a lot of client stuff, but also kind of shifting to do more storytelling based stuff and uh, stuff that just like inspires people to get out and do what they like. Cool. Yeah. Learn messages or learn lessons from different places around the world um and yeah just do something a little bit different um nice love that and then uh what does like excellence look like for you in your craft how do you know when a photo is done or a video is done and the best you can make it uh photos and videos are never done yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's always more stuff that you can do um but for me i'm i'm really big on the just the idea that getting it out is way better than spending like two weeks perfecting it and then being like, okay, it's still not perfect and never right a day. Um, so I'm not a super big perfectionist cool. when it comes to that. Um, I'd much rather get something done than have something perfect and never done. Yeah. I feel so, like that's unusual for a photographer to say that. So I like, I like that answer. I think a lot of photographers are really perfectionists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had some friends that are, that are like that. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard. And especially like work wise, like I definitely couldn't have gotten anywhere near the volume of work done that I did this last year. Right. If I was a perfectionist, cause especially when it comes to outsourcing, like I'll hire an editor for a video. It'll come back. It won't be absolutely perfect. There'll be like some things that I want to change. Um, and at a certain point you can tell them to change stuff, but then like you kind of have to release control and be like, okay, not having this clip switched with this one isn't going to make or break the deal. I'm, I'm going to just post this and get it out. And hmm. that's just really helped with productivity. Um, and it's, it's just little, it's usually little small things that most people won't notice. But uh, when you're too, too much of a perfectionist, you just don't really produce much. Right. Right. Um, at least for me, if I was, if, like all the details that I wanted to get put in were always put in. I've never post anything because they're never yeah. finished. I mean, I think perfectionism comes from like a fear of not doing something good enough, which and fear is like inherently stagnating. So it makes sense. Um, yeah. I was going to say, uh, thank you for being on. I know you have, you have to go soon. Um, is there any, like you want to plug your Instagram, uh, company school, all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. So my Instagram is McGee, just M-C-G-E-E. And then the school that I was telling you about in the beginning, it's called Creator Academy. Um, it's linked in my Instagram. We have our website, it's creatoracademy.global. But um, yeah, you can learn more about it there. But if you want to check me out on Instagram, if you guys have any questions or anything, feel free to shoot me a DM. But um, yeah, dude, thanks for having me on. Danny, thank you for coming on. It has been such a joy to talk to you, and I really appreciate it. Um, you are the best. So thank you so much, and it's been a pleasure.
Yeah, likewise. So that was episode one of the Authentic Path podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I definitely did. It was honestly an amazing experience to talk to Danny and made me totally rethink what's possible for my own life. And uh, I hope that it did the same for you. Please go check out what Danny is working on. Creator Academy is super cool. I watched one of his webinars the other day and he gets into the details of how to live a life as a photographer. So if that's something that you're interested in doing or interested in knowing about, definitely go check out his Instagram page at McGee and you can find links to his other work there. So thanks again. And if you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your friends and family. Uh, it would mean a lot to me, and I'm sure that a lot of people could get something out of it. So I appreciate it, and till next time, this is Phelan on the Authentic Path Podcast. Mm-hmm.